culture is now just as important uh, as part of the overall compensation. You know, I want to make sure that they know that they're valued and that we didn't get through the year without them and, and try to remember specifics of that thing that they did in February that maybe, you know, uh, maybe they even forgot. I don't know. I, maybe this is the future of work. I think that, you know, more and more people are asking them, like, why, why do we have to go to the office or why, like, is travel required? Hey guys, welcome back to the Results Junkies podcast. It is our last podcast of the year, a dozen or so episodes in, and Paul and I are still going strong as we close out 2021. Um, but you are closing out the 2021 Black Friday sprint to the finish. Um, I got to imagine that there's still a stack of boxes somewhere that you guys are working through, Paul, huh? You know, uh, uh, yes and no. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about Black Friday is, uh, and I don't know if this is unique to us or if people just don't talk about it in the DTC world, but Black Friday and Cyber Monday are obviously big spikes, but they're actually, when you zoom out, they're actually the beginning of a day-by-day increase for the first two, two and a half weeks of December as well. So it's actually nonstop. And uh, that being said, though, the the ops team is cranking, you know, the the trucks are going in and out, you know, uh, all the orders are still leaving within a day-ish uh, of when they get ordered. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, now, are they getting received on time? That's the interesting part. Maybe that's a separate show on its own. Uh, you know, the interesting part to me this year is that none of the carriers are offering guarantees on anything anymore. So yes. no, uh, yeah, it's crazy. That, that's probably a different show. But no, yeah, it's all good. And you know, the interesting part is as we get to the end of the year, you know, as a business, uh, January is even bigger than J- uh, December. I, again, maybe we're a one-off weird company, uh, or maybe this is something that other companies see but don't talk about. But uh, we tell everybody on the team, it's like, hey, if you think this is great, like, you know, take some time off for the holidays and just know that we're going to hit the ground running on January 2nd. It's always bigger. But this time of year, actually, for me, is heavy on recruiting. Um, the interesting thing about the holidays is that th- I find that this is the time where a lot of candidates or a lot of recruits are either contemplating their next move or they have just a lot more time on their hands where they're not rushing meeting to meeting. And this is where they actually schedule the meeting. So this week I've been doing about five, maybe six recruiting calls every day uh, where we've got, we're hiring across the company. So five or five to six calls a day, you know, and, and it'll kind of continue for the next week or two this way. So it, that was a long way of saying that, uh, you know, it's busy. It's busy. It it is, but I also think a lot of people would expect that this is a big box moving week, which no doubt it is. But I think you bring up a really good point about recruiting. And before we dig into that a little bit further, uh, for folks who are listening, hey, do us a favor, make sure you hit that subscribe button um, so you can be the first to get new episodes as soon as we drop them. Um, and uh, do us a favor and leave us a rating or a review wherever you're listening. Spotify has uh, has launched ratings now, so we'd love it if you're listening on Spotify to give us a, a, a great review there, a shout-out. You can also shoot us questions. Um, we love answering questions on, on shows. Show at resultsjunkies.com is uh, the email. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. He is at Paul Singh, and I am at Pizza in Motion. 
Um, and and yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point about recruiting in that as we as we squeeze into the end of the year, the 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 big wigs, the muckety mucks, um, other than other than you and I, if we're if we're big wigs, um, a lot of them take time off, and so. Uh, so you're those people that you're recruiting don't have a lot of oversight right now. And uh, and some of them might be thinking about maybe they didn't get the holiday bonus they wanted or maybe they don't really want to deal with whatever they dealt with over the last month or two. And maybe the grass really is greener over there in Paul Singh's backyard. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that. Uh, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> Let me start with a little delineation. So, um, and this may or may not be the right way to think about it, but just in the context of this conversation, I think there's hiring and then there's recruiting. And for the sake of this conversation and where where, where we're headed with it, let me just first start by saying that uh, in this context, hiring is about the act of, you know, creating a process around the people that apply for a job through the proverbial front door. You know, so when we post a job on our careers page and you know, talk about it, like they apply through the system and, you know, that's hiring. Recruiting in this context is really about, you know, going after the people that, you know, probably don't see themselves as job hunting at the moment. And that, this is the perfect time for that because they are implicitly thinking about their next step, even though they have not taken it. Like, you know, a lot of the folks that I deal with lately uh, or talk to uh, around the holidays maybe this is a good metric or a bad one, I don't know. But like a lot of the folks that I talk to on the recruiting side, they haven't updated their LinkedIn in like six, seven months. So I don't know if that's a good proxy, but I'll just use that as a proxy to tell when they're really thinking about a move. So a lot of times these people have not yeah. updated anything in a while and I'm like proactively reaching out and uh, you know, just spending you know 15 minutes on a first call, just introduce myself. And then if it goes to the next level, maybe an hour to talk about our vision and kind of where we're headed and so yeah, so that was a long way of saying that this is where the people that you know are going to get recruited often are getting recruited. You know, it's around I find around the holidays because there's that time away from the oversight and the the next meeting, but there's also they're usually like with family and they're thinking about, you know, the next step and uh that that sort of thing. So it's just it's just really it's a really interesting time. I mean, maybe I don't know if this is where you want to go with it too, but I think that it's also it's also for me interesting to kind of hear how people react to what we talk about in terms of vision and also like work life and benefits and all that. It's just you know I don't know how to say it other than to say that it's interesting because when you're in the business all the time, it's it's easy to be like, gosh, it's flying at me a mile a minute. But then it's always interesting to kind of hear other people look at it and listen to the story and, and how things are. And they're like, man, you think that's crazy? Listen to this crazy story at my old employer. <laughs> You're like, whoa, oh yeah, this is less worse. Okay, great. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, I, the two things. Uh, first, from a recruiting standpoint, for me, this time of year, I mean, I spend a lot of time on the phone, a lot more than I think other folks do. I, I, a lot of, the, of my counterparts sort of shy away from phones nowadays. Um, I spent a lot of time on the phone these last two weeks of the year, um, and I, I'm recruiting as well. Um, but typically, I'm I'm recruiting my own people, and um, I think that's such a critical part, especially with how crazy the the workforce is out there right now. And so, like we do holiday gifts, and we send out emails and cards and all that stuff. But I try to take time to speak with as many people on the team as I can in the last two weeks of the year to thank them for the year past. And then I, I usually have a few questions because I want to make sure that it's an engaging conversation. But I want to make sure that we're continuing to recruit 
the people that we already have on the team um, so that the Paul Sings of the world can't poach them from me. Um, you know, I want to make sure that they know that they're valued and that we didn't get through the year without them and and try to remember specifics of that thing that they did in February that maybe, you know, uh, maybe they even forgot was a, mm-hmm. was a way to recognize them. And I think it doesn't necessarily even have to involve money, uh, if you will. Uh, but I think that part of recruiting is 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 so critical. And then, you know, you said something that, that really triggered something for me, which was this concept of of how you're having the conversation with with potential recruits. And I think, you know, there was a time and maybe some of this has to do with how aggressive we have to be with hiring now. But there was a time where we did lots of lots of uh, uh, questioning. You know, we want to make sure that this this candidate like passed all the bars. And now I almost feel like it's more campaigning and we're like, we want their reaction on things. Don't get me wrong, but we also want our moment to explain our vision and why we think they can be a great part of it because we feel like we're competing for mindshare. Yes. I mean, here's the thing, you know, you alluded to this, uh, reality that, you know, um, comp has kind of gone up a lot. And, and, uh, you know, I know you're probably talking about it in the context of restaurants and, but it's, but it's the same, you know, I don't think it's just restaurants. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I everything. Think it's pretty unilateral yeah. right now. Yeah. And, and so I think uh, the, 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 th- the hard line to navigate there is, is like, you know, I, I guess, let me just not beat around the bush. I, I think now more than ever, you know, you've got to be able to not only create, but, but articulate a full compensation package. So for example, Yes, the salary is important and you can't like lowball somebody on that, you know, too far. But you've also got the responsibility to, to um, you know, create everything else that that person's going to take into consideration. Um, so, for example, in our business, uh, as an example, where we are right now, you know, while we do have a responsibility to kind of, you know, always keep an eye on things, we, we also have like more than half of the company has, has kids now. And it's not uncommon for people to like drop offline at 4.30 local time zone to go get the kids from daycare or whatever. And just being able to tell that to candidates, like that that's okay. I, I it's It always surprises me like how few, I mean, at least from what, what I talk to, I guess the employers of the people that I talk to must n- not be this way, but like they hear me say this. They're like, oh yeah, we have people that go offline. Like I pick up my kids on Wednesdays at four, you know, and people are like, you can do that? I'm like, yeah. Like the point is that bakes into the overall comp now. And I think that's a long winded way of saying that like culture is now just as important uh, uh, as part of the overall compensation, you know, as as everything else. Like, I don't know, I, maybe this is the future of work. I think that, you know, more and more people are asking them like, why, why do we have to go to the office or why like is travel required? I had one person really, I was just talking to a little while ago, earlier this week, and they were like, is travel required? I was like, no, it's not. No, <laughs> I mean, fly in if you want, you know, uh, uh, you know, that's fine, but like, we're never going to mandate it. But anyway, I, I'm rambling, but the point is though, is that like, I, I think for employers, I, I think we, we have to, we have to think about our packages much more holistically. And to your point that even just recognition, I, I think is a huge part of that. Uh, and, and, and for people that happen to be working at a lot of these companies, I think it's okay to ask for more, you know, like it's, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that, I think that the folks who are not talking about culture in the, in the recruiting process are the folks I want to, I want to recruit against. 
Um, you know, cause mm-hmm. I, I feel like we can, I feel like we can make a, com- a compelling argument to a number of candidates by, by showing them who we are from a culture standpoint. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I think that's so much has changed during the pandemic. You, you touch on a couple of key things. Like, do I have to go into an office? Do I have to travel? Like, you know, I mean, I, you know, as we're recording this at the end of the year, you know, Omicron is you know, raging across the country, regardless of how you personally feel about it, whoever it is that's listening you should know that some percentage of your employees are nervous about it and maybe they don't want to get on a plane um, mm-hmm. or maybe they don't want to be in an office environment. And that's something that they're thinking about because, you know, maybe their husband, wife, sister, brother, father, mother has an autoimmune disorder and and can't get the shot. And you're like, you don't know any of those things. And so all those things are hard, like all these things that we just never really thought about before that are now an extension where before it was just like, yeah, you come into the office, it's 9 a.m. Where are you? And and there's so much more that, that goes into that now that people don't think about that I think are huge recruiting advantages for folks like you and I, if you can if you can understand what it what the needs are of those 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 people that are out there looking. I was talking to a, uh, somebody about this a couple of days ago and, you know, this concept of what like what what is the future of work in terms of offices and that sort of thing. Right. And to spare you that long conversation, the gist of it was is like I, I sort of made this comment and I, and I said, like, l- let's just talk about this very simplistically. On the one extreme, we could just say, let's all go fully remote. Let's sell off the office buildings. You know, this is obviously a bit of a hyperbole, but, but just hear me out. Like on one extreme, let's go full remote, you guys. And uh, that's, that's a great idea. On the other extreme, let's go all in full, full time into the office. Okay. Now, if we just simplify it to those two things, what what are the pros and cons? Well, the pro of like going fully remote is, you know, less, uh, you know, overhead for an office and for all that stuff. Uh, but the con is, or one of the cons is you still have to, like, you're not going to save that money. You do have to spend it somewhere, whether it's a stipend to help them build their home office or quarterly travel. I mean, like the point is, is like, it's not as simple as just going fully remote because you, you got to do something else to make up for the, you know, the camaraderie that needs to be built and the 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 recognition, even that you just said, right? Like we have to do something there. All the way on the other extreme, and this here's where I'm really getting to the point, is uh, we could go full office. Uh, you know, companies can mandate that. Now, here's where I think it's interesting that that I think employers need to be aware of. Um, you can go full in office, but here's what's going to happen in that in that edge case. If you do that, the, your your best people who by definition have the most optionality will be the first to go. And that is going to disproportionately uh, uh, hurt the more junior people who don't have that optionality yet. But also it's going to hurt your business because you know now you've got this vacuum at probably the middle to the high level roles that, that, that the people that by definition have the, the optionality. So it's such a complex issue, but I guess this is a long-winded way of saying that, you know, um, I think the reality is we're all uh, Omicron and all this other stuff. Like, you know, if I feel like there's no end in sight at this point. And so I think what it really means is, is now's a good time uh, to, to really start talking about like, you know, I guess to be really blunt for employers, now's the time to ask yourselves, honestly, how would somebody describe your culture if you weren't in the room? And that's, if you do that exercise, I bet most people that run, run businesses today would not be proud, I think. <laughs> I don't think most of them can answer it. I well, mean, that's, I, I think, that's true too, right? I think, that's, I think that's what you get down. And you say that when they're not proud, right? I, it's, you know, it, I, don't th- I don't know that they understand 
I don't know that that connected to it. And the culture has changed so much over the past 18 months. There's so many things that we took for granted that I'm like, I think there's still things that we like turn around and learn. Um, and it's like, oh gosh, like I didn't like, wow, like I didn't see that coming in the pandemic. And you know, we, I had somebody who doesn't work for us, but works for another company. And he was having this conversation about how they're all working from home and, and he's being asked to travel more than his coworkers. And he has a dog and doesn't have a significant other to watch the dog. And so he has, he has, uh, you know, pet sitting expenses that are fairly significant when he's traveling. And of course, like I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about it like an employer, like, well, like that's your problem. That's your dog. That's your yeah. home. But it's really, it's an issue for that candidate. And if I want that candidate to be there, I've got to understand that that's now their pain point that now that, uh, now that they're traveling and they have a dog and uh, like it's all these things that we never really thought of before. Um, you know, now that people have been home long enough, this new normal of being home for a lot of folks presents other unique issues when we ask employees to do different things like, hop on a plane or come to an office. And what does that mean in terms of expenses? It doesn't mean you're supposed to pay for every employee's dog sitting, to be clear. It means you have to understand that that's now something that's important to an employee that wasn't before. And you have to navigate that minefield, whatever that new minefield is. Yeah. You know, a I think it was a couple episodes ago, we talked about, you know, my three rules of the invisible game. And, and this is exactly what rule three is about. It's like, if you understand the hopes, fears, and dreams of the person sitting across the table, that now you can do whatever you need to do with that. But like, you got to do something with it. You know, to your point, yeah. if I, you know, um, so there's a, uh, a, a guy named Andrew Warner that just wrote a book, you know, like how to never ask questions or something like that. And and I, I knew him a long time ago uh, when he lived here in DC. And anyway, he posted something the other day that I thought was interesting and I'm forgetting the exact words, but he said like, like in, in as many words, he said, listen for the, 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 random bits of info that they throw in without prompting because that's usually an unconscious prompt towards like you asking about it or you doing something about it so in this case if somebody unprompted tells you about like their dog sitter challenge that even if they're not consciously like oh i'm going to say this and ed's going to solve it for me even unconsciously just them throwing that in there tells you a lot about where their their, their mind's at and and you should do something with it right Again, I don't think you should pay for everybody's, you know, everything, but, you know, uh, like this, we talk a little bit about like, you know, when we build our next office, what does that look like? Well, you know, I think somehow we're going to have to figure out daycare. What does that look like? I don't know the answer, by the way. So bump yeah. people listening to this. Don't, I don't have an answer for you yet, but, but I hear it a lot. You know, it's like, Hey, I want, I want to, I want to be the, near the kids or I want to, you know, see them more often. It's like, well, okay, well we, maybe we can do something with that. I don't know. Hey, so I want to pivot, um, you know, you, interestingly enough, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, um, you know, you were, um, you were on a podcast, um, and I, I think, it, and if I'm, if I'm wrong about this, then, you know, then we, then we have the makings of a horrible segue here. Um, but I think this is the first time that you've been on a podcast since we started recording our podcast. And so you're on, um, you're on the DTC podcast. Uh, it, first off, was, it, was this the first time that you were on a podcast since we started recording a few months ago? Uh, it is the first one that's been published. Um, yeah, okay. I, I've, I've done, I think, two or three other ones so far that are, I, I, I'll have to follow up with those folks, but I think they're going to get published in January of 21 or 22. But yeah, I mean, I, I haven't done many, uh, probably three or four tops. So high level, I guess, you know, now that you're a podcaster, what is it like, is it, how's it feel being, you know, on someone else's podcast? You know, 
okay, selfishly, I <laughs> I love just watching how other people organize the process. You know, yeah. uh, so that that selfishly, it's just been really interesting to kind of to see how different uh, groups do you know run their shows, uh, and then whatever the opposite of selfish is. You know, I, as I as I think more into 2022, I'm really starting to think about you know how how do we get our message out to more people? You know, not not because we're not actually promote. Like I don't really. My goal is not to promote bump, uh, or even myself. It's really more about like, hey, let's talk about some of these ideas that have worked for us because they're applicable across a lot of other industries. I I forgot to tell you before the call. I, you know, my, my brother in law listens to the podcast, and you know, he's not in in startups he's you know in in defense like governmenty stuff you know mm-hmm. and um he made a comment the other day where he said um i just love listening to it on the drive and we were talking about why and just unprompted he's like you know so many of the ideas that you guys talk about are applicable you know in my own office you know and i was like whoa that's cool sure. you know and yeah. so anyway yeah i mean i i, I think like I'm trying to not sound horrible here, but you know, the unselfish, what are the, whatever the opposite of selfish reason is that I'm going on these podcasts is really to try to push the message out even further um, and hopefully reach a wider, wider audience. I mean, 2022 for me on a personal note is going to be about distribution. Yeah. And I always feel like I, I, I try never to say no to being on someone else's podcast because uh, back to your comment on selfishly, selfishly, I, like, I hate asking people for things. I always like to like do something to help someone out. So like I, you know, my hope is that 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 karma being on those shows when we want those folks to come on our shows that they're available because they want to engage because I think you know, while I think you and I have great perspectives for for folks in the audience, I think bringing other people on and ha- hearing their perspectives on some of the folks you and I have talked about behind the scenes, bringing those folks on the show and having them talk to the you know the the entrepreneurs out there of, of of what's worked for them or what hasn't worked for them, I think is 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 awesome. And I you know I, I think the, you know the more that we can help those folks, the more likely they're going to be to say yes when we send them the invite to to hop on our show. I mean, isn't that like relationship building 101. I mean, it I, is. And I, I don't mean that in any sarcastic way, but you know, yes, the answer is yes. I mean, yeah. people like to do business with people they like, you know, and, and I think uh, building those relationships is important. But, but you know, I'll also say, you know, I, I think that um, one of the other pieces of feedback I've gotten, um, I, I, again, another thing I forgot to tell you about, you know, Mesh, you know, Mesh, uh, Mesh, ah, Mesh man, talk money for, for folks that are listening in the talk money podcast, Mesh yeah. Lakani. Mesh uh, emailed me and it was really kind of him to go come out of the blue and just drive me, drive me an email, e- uh, drop me an email. And what he said was like, you know, I just really appreciate the, like the unfiltered raw conversation uh, about these topics. And, and, and like, we haven't, you and I probably haven't talked to Mesh in a year or two probably now, but like, that's, I think it's really kind that he did that, but that, that I've heard more and more from people. And so it's interesting to me, even just those three or four podcasts that I recorded, you know, a couple of them were very structured. You could tell that the interviewer was just like, these are the questions. And, you know, it was fine, but that's not my style, but we did it. And then there's like the DTC podcast yesterday, which was much more free flowing, much more like this. And I, I really kind of, I really enjoyed that. So if, if nothing else, it also reinforces, you know, our thinking, you, your thinking and mine, you know, we were just talking a, a couple days ago about, you know, what does Q1 look like? And I think you're going to see more guests on this podcast. Um, and, 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 and I think, you know, even for me, just that limited experience of seeing what I enjoyed about other podcasts, like helps me define how we're going to talk to the guests that we bring on here, uh, next month. So anyway, I, 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 I know I'm going long on that, but 
yeah, I, I think it's it was a fun experience. The DTC podcast for anybody listening is like if you're in the retail space or e-commerce or direct to consumer, it's a, it's a great um, podcast. I I really enjoy listening to it. Um, but it was like sort of also a first step towards you know us as Bump and me as Paul like engaging a wider audience in the DTC world as well. Um, so I started to get some really interesting emails from people from that, you know, the yeah. people that don't know about our podcast yet, uh, that heard about us, uh, or heard about, heard me on there and then found out about this. So, yeah, I try to pick up a new podcast every month just for the sake of listening to two or three episodes to hear, you know, different ways that we could improve our show. Um, you know, whether, whether it's things I learned that are positive or negative of how other folks do it. And to your point, we'll put this in the show notes, but, um, but at DTC, direct to consumer at DTC newsletter, um, is where you can find them on Twitter, direct to consumer.co.co. Um, we'll get you there and we'll have a link to Paul's episode in, uh, in the show notes. So people can just click on that wherever you are, whether you're on a, on a Peloton right now or driving down the road. I also wanted to touch on, before we run out of time, I wanted to touch on one of the threads that you had in the show. Um, and there's a bunch of stuff there, but I, I think we've talked a whole lot about iOS and and how the you know the asking apps not to track has changed fundamentally how companies um, like the ones that we invest in and run, uh, you know, attract new customers. And, you know, you talked a bit about about email and, and, and SMS, if you will, and you know, I, I wanted to loop back on that and, and say, you know, like, as you think about all of the the tracking that's that's changed out there, um, you know, how, as you look further down the road, how much more are you guys focused on on email than you were, say, a year ago? Um, you know, I, okay, so if I understand the question right, uh, it's not that we weren't focused on email and SMS a year ago. It, it's just that we're going to invest even more uh, resources to grow it. So like, if I understand your question, right, you know, email for us at bump was primarily run by one, maybe two people tops for the last two or three years. And it's done really well. I mean, you know, like, you know, let's give them all the credit they deserve. They, they, they've crushed it. Um, but now as we think about how to continue the growth of, of the business and start to professionalize, like how, how multiple business units work together, uh, you know, across the customer lifecycle, we we can't just depend on two people there. So we've got to like bring in uh, more experienced people across the board. Um, I'm trying to be careful here because I don't want to like make it sound more sophisticated than it is. The truth <laughs> is that like email's always been important to us. It's always been like a number two channel for us in terms of customer acquisition. Um, it's just that as we head into 2022 and beyond, we've got to we've got to double down. We need a lot more people on that side of the house to, to, to kind of grow it and, and personalize it and segment it even more. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm answering your question there, but uh, maybe there's something in there. Well, you talked about, and when we were having a separate conversation, you talked about how there's this need to really increase the top of the funnel. And, and I think that targeting really allowed Kind of lazy is probably not the right word because I'm not saying that like, like that you're lazy, but I think it allowed some companies to be lazy about how to establish a really big top of the funnel, and and now that's gotten a lot more difficult. I, I yeah, I don't think it's bad to call it lazy. I mean, I think you know, and because I, I don't take any offense to that, and I don't think anybody should. I I think 
I think the industry as a whole, as a whole, I don't think we ever anticipated a world where, we, like, if if we were having this conversation a year ago and you said, Paul, do you think targeting will ever get any worse? I'd be like, no way. Uh-uh. Like, look at how much more targeting we can do every year. Like, this is crazy. You know, then the black swan hits. Right. You know, and and, and actually internally, that's kind of how I talk about it with my leadership team. I'm like, look, 2020, the black swan for us was, you know, COVID and, and what it did to grow the e-commerce business for us. 2021, the black swan was iOS 14 uh, and, and you know, what it did to targeting and, and stuff like that. Um, and actually... If you're in the industry right now, you also know that like iOS 15 is now for for your users that are use, opening their email on the default mail app, you're losing open rates. Like you don't you don't see that anymore. So, yeah, I mean, lazy is an okay word to use because as an industry, I don't think we ever anticipated this like uh, such a big regression. Yeah. And so what it what ended up happening was that I think as an industry, we never we didn't invest as much as we should have as an industry into how do you widen the funnel? Like when times are so good, you know, why would we invest in other things? Why, you know, well, like, cause the, cause the going advice, by the way, I, and tell me if you disagree, the going advice from investors, whether you fundraise or not has always been find a channel or two that work for you and then double down hard. Like that yeah. is the going advice. Like don't do 87 yeah, pour channels. Gasoline on it. Yep. Yep. Find the one or two channels and pour gas on it. So, yeah, I mean, like the industry, not unsurprisingly, paid was number one, you know? And so, uh, yeah, paid was number one. That's what they did for years. We did it. Everybody did it, you know? And it was okay that the other channels were like, you know, 30% or 10% or whatever of, uh, you know, your sales. But now you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Now the world's different. Well, okay. Yes, we have to figure out the top of funnel. What does that look like? You know, uh, is it TikTok? Is it user-generated content? Is it a new media arm with newsletter writers? I mean, every business is going to do something different. That's top of funnel. But now middle of funnel, which is email and SMS, you really need to maximize that. Like you got to fatten up the middle of the funnel. So let me just articulate this a little bit better. Email and SMS is always going to be your middle of the funnel because you, you know, by definition, the email list and the SMS list do not grow unless the top of the funnel is throwing people at it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so like when we talk about doubling down our investment in time and resources and people on, on email and SMS going into 2022, it's that that middle of the funnel has to get wider and fatter now. And how do you do that? Well, I think it's deeper segmentation, deeper personalization. Uh, you know, there's, there's just a lot of things there that are simple but not easy. Uh, and they're going to require more more people uh, and a little, maybe a little bit more experience as well to kind of oversee uh, that as well. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that maybe the lesson there for everybody is regardless of what industry you're in is like, you know, <laughs> don't, don't be lazy. Like you probably need to make sure that you're spending, let's say an hour a week or some, some little percentage of your time or your money thinking about what's next. Like, I know I didn't, you know, I, I can tell you the coulda, woulda, shouldas. Like I probably should have advocated for much more hiring and, and changes for us, you know, back in May, but I didn't, I, I didn't know, you know, I'm, I'm okay with admitting that. <laughs> well, that, that kind of goes back to what you said about Black Swan and, and for folks that might not know, um, 
hope I pronounced his name right. Um, uh, I think it's Nassim Tlaib wrote yep. The Black Swan. Yep. This goes back, um, he wrote it right around the time of the uh, the Great Recession, like when Lehman Brothers went out there, 2008, 2007, somewhere in there, I don't know. And like the general principle for folks that might not be aware of it, it's like the easiest way to simplify it is, you know, like they talk, he talks in there, one of the great examples I use from that book frequently is the example of the turkey who, you know, who grows to love the the person that runs the farm and this wonderful farmer comes out every day and brings them feed and makes sure that their house is warm and, and does all these wonderful things. And then three weeks before Christmas, uh, sorry, three weeks before Thanksgiving comes out and cuts their head off. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, wait, you were so nice to me every day up until now. And then you cut that off. It's like, like I, 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 I used my past behavior with you to, yeah. to inform what was going to happen in the future. And so like your, your comment, um, when we first started talking about tracking about how Google's going to be the next one to go, I think that's the great learning experience from what happened with Apple. But the, you know, the, the true unknown, the black swan was that original event. Apple saying, look, we're just gonna, not going to allow people to track anymore. And mm-hmm. the folks that are, you know, the most wickedly successful in, in business um, are either lucky or good at figuring out what the black swan is, is going to be before, before it happens. But, you know, selling Lehman Brothers before it, you know, turns into a pile of ash or, you know, figuring out how to widen the funnel before Apple cuts off all your customers. Okay, this might be a topic for next week, but let me throw this out there because it, it it what you just said there sort of like triggers this for me. You know, you know how like when you're young and you're like brash and you're like, oh, look at those old people, you know, with their experience. <laughs> Screw them. They're they're so dumb. Like, here's I'm gonna just try X or whatever. I think he's talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about me too. I guess where I'm going with this is that like, you know, I put a, I I think I put a a thread out there a couple of days ago about, about just this, right. In the context of iOS 14, I was like, look, you know, I was stealing from somebody. I said, uh, like history doesn't repeat itself, but it certainly rhymes. And I think that, you know, this is where I think now, as I get older, I start to realize this is where experience kind of comes in. So again, maybe this is a topic for next time, but you know, a, a bad example, but the only way I know how to talk about this is I, as I try to figure it out in my head is like, Somebody said to me, we were talking the other day and I was like, oh, you know, look, I, I don't know how to time the market, but I know that recessions will always happen. They just, I don't know when they'll come, you know, nobody knows, but this person, they're pretty young, uh, you know, a couple of years out of college, they were like a recession. I've never been through one of those. What is that like? I remember my parents stressing out in 2008 <laughs> Yeah, and I'm on the other side of that. And I'm like, I saw the 2000 recession. I saw 2008. Like, uh, you know, that now I feel like I have the experience to kind of like know what to expect and what to invest in. And, and I guess I don't know how to tie it back to this topic other than to say that, you know, what, what, what is happening uh, with targeting and the, and it, and the lack of it, um, is something that's happened before. It really has, you know, with other mediums, it's happened before. Uh, the time horizons are a little bit bigger, but like we got through it then we'll get through it now. But I guess the rambly point here is, uh, like these shifts are foundational and like if you're leading a team or a business right now, incremental changes to your tactics are not going to set you up for the next, um, wave of depersonalization, right? So like incremental fixes right now probably are slowing down the, the the rising CAC for you if you're in this industry. Uh, and you probably feel less bad about it just because it, you can see it. 
but some amount of your time and your effort, your research and your recruiting needs to be on what's next because like those incremental changes are a stop. They're, they're a bandaid. And, and that's, that's why I'm recruiting so aggressively right now for multiple roles because like, um, you know, our incremental changes are holding the line. That's great. Love it. Love it. The team's doing a great job, but for us to really prepare ourselves for the next one, and beyond, we've got to get even more people here thinking about the problem. And, and, uh, I just don't see enough people talking about that, you know, and maybe I'm just in the wrong echo chamber, but you know, a lot of the people I see in the DTC world and even the investing world, like, you know, I see, you know, other investors talking to their portfolio, but the, the advice is very not meaningful, not I just, it's not good. So anyway, yeah, I guess the summary of that is like, you know, stay in the game long enough and you'll 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 see the ups and downs of the 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 macro ups and downs of your industry and as you go through more and more of those you'll inevitably come to the conclusion that um when it when there when those when those macro changes happen those black swans happen th that is the time you've got to be really careful about not getting wooed by the incremental stuff you know does that does that kind of make sense yeah, I think whether, you know, maybe a simpler way to say it, because uh, I'm a simple guy, is, you know, a, a, a truly successful company has a, a great team of walkers and a great team of runners. There's, you know, there's people that have to, you know, keep things moving. And there's some folks that really have to be, you know, constantly breaking their nose running through brick walls. And if you don't have those two flywheels working, you're you're going to get stuck somewhere. You can't and you can't really just do one or the other. It's really got to be it's really got to be a good bit of both. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kind of feels like a good place to stick a pin in it for for the last episode of the year. Um, yeah, we're yeah. just uh, we're just getting started with the show. I feel like we're I feel like we're starting to hit a groove. I, I I love what we're talking about for next year in terms of distribution and also in terms of content. I'm I'm really excited to get some other folks on the show. To, to share some other perspectives and for us to to agree or disagree with them because we're we're pretty good at disagreeing with people. Well, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know how, if you feel the same way, but I here's what I would say. The, you know, the question I would ask myself is, is would I keep recording this podcast if it was never published? And I think the answer is yes, because I, I get enough value out of this, these kind of, I mean, look, here's the thing. You and I talk so much anyway about this stuff. Really, the only difference now is we hit the record button. And, and like, I... I would keep doing that. Like you and I have talked weekly, if not almost daily for years now. Right. So it's like, I wouldn't change anything about it. And if nobody listens to this thing, it's still valuable to me. Uh, but Hey, if, 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 if we can like plant these little idea viruses and other people, uh, then that's, that's icing on the cake. And I love that. So yeah, I think let's keep doing it, man. Like weekly is great. Um, you know, just to tease the audience and hopefully Jeremy won't, uh, edit this out. I want to explore more next year in terms of like, not only like distribution, but let's, you know, like you and I talked about, let's do the interviews. Let's bring on other people uh, and have, have these conversations. Um, but let's also explore, I don't know. I still have this idea in my head of like a, 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 like a game day format where it's like, you know, you, me and a couple folks riffing on certain things. I don't know what that looks like yet. I'll just put it out in the universe in case somebody listening has some ideas. But I just think about like, when I turn on college football on, on Saturdays and the game day guys are shooting the shooting the breeze, I think that'd be kind of cool, you know, to think about what it looks like. What does that look like when we talk about like, I don't know, careers and DTC and restaurants and investing, like, you know, 
there's so much overlap. So, well, when you mentioned when you mentioned Mesh and you talk about conversation we've had that game day, like it, what it rings in my bell is you know us sitting in the airstream or sitting in a restaurant somewhere on the tech tour after we'd had three or four office hours and just rehashing what the 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 morning was like after we went back to back to back to back and and I I do feel like there are parts of this show that resembles that but yeah I'd love I'd lo- love to have more of that because we're obviously not out on the tech tour we're you know unfortunately hiding inside a lot more than we used to but <laughs> but I love it and I and I can't wait to keep doing more of it and I hope that you guys have uh, a great holiday I know we're gonna have a, a great one here and I hope everybody listening um, you know takes to heart the things that we've said and is doing a fair amount of recruiting uh, while they're relaxing around the holidays. I love it, man. Well, happy holidays. I'm going to get back to recruiting and then enjoy the family. So, all right, let's bounce. All right, man, until 2022. 